everybody, welcome to another Haas Talks Foss. I'm Matt Yankovic, the Haas here at Percona, head of open source strategy. I'm back with Sergey Cronin. Um, hey, Sergey, how are you doing Hello. today? Hello, Matt. Fantastic. All good. You, thank you. You know, you, you will be happy to know that today, the, on this pod podcast, I've recorded another one earlier with a different Sergey. So this is a dual Sergey day for me. Oh, so, lucky day for you, right? <laughs> yes. So I'm going to end with with you, Sergey. And I started with Sergey. So it's like a double dose of Sergey's today, which is awesome. But, uh, you know, for those of you who have listened to Sergey talk before, this is his third appearance on the podcast because Sergey is doing all kinds of awesome work on what is one of the hottest topics in the tech space, which is Kubernetes and Kubernetes operators. And Sergey always has something interesting to say. And the big interesting thing that came out of Percona Live was uh, the talk about our Postgres operator. And so I wanted to touch off with that. So if you haven't seen, uh, Percona has already released operators for Mongo and the PXE or MySQL, if you will. And now we are working on Postgres. Um, and I heard that we're looking at an ETA in August for that. Is that correct, yeah. Sergey? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So, so uh, yeah. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, so for Postgres, as you mentioned, it was uh, one of the missing pieces in our puzzle, right? So we have MySQL, we have Mongo, and we have Postgres as per kind of company. We have distributions for MySQL, Mongo, and and Postgres, right? Yes. And uh, we also have operators for MySQL and Mongo, but we never had anything for Postgres. So definitely we wanted to add one. And uh, the the story was that we, we were thinking, okay, shall we start from scratch and write everything from scratch? Or shall we uh, fork some existing operator or work with some other guys uh, on upstream? And uh, we decided to not to go with development from scratch because it would take enormous amount of time. And we chose Crunchy Data Operator as the base for our Procorna operator. So now we forked it and we are committing also our changes to the upstream to Crunchy as they are also open source folks. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that, right? Right now, during Bitcoin Live, we released it as a technical preview, and uh, it's going to be GA uh, somewhere in August. And uh, for us, what means GA, it's going to have the same look and feel as other operators that we have for MySQL and Mongo. So it will be a seamless experience. So, Sergey, with uh, Postgres, what are the unique challenges when developing that operator versus, you know, an operator for, let's say, PXC or Mongo? Uh, I would not say there are some unique challenges, but uh, Postgres as well as MySQL, these are free all technologies which are not cloud native ready, which were never intended to run on Kubernetes, no one ever thought that, uh, okay, we need some <laughs> to keep the state somewhere else, uh, have some S3 buckets. No one ever thought about that. So there is obviously a challenge to make it work on Kubernetes. Um, 
the the challenge is always the data on Kubernetes, right? Because you need to keep it. You need to make sure that you don't lose any transactions in the process, and yada yada yada. This is the biggest challenge on Kubernetes, not the database specifically, right? I would tell it like that. But for us, the big challenge would be that um, for distributions for a recording distribution for Postgres, we support multiple Postgres versions, and we need to do the same for our operator because we want to keep the parity. And uh, this is the challenge for our team because some of the packages are outdated, we need to keep them updated. So it, it is the work of our build and release team, of our operators team, of our engineering team. So a lot of hands are involved and it's a great effort. Um, but yeah, more or less, it's it, it is still the database, and <laughs> you need to run it on Kubernetes somehow. So when we talk, you know, from a Postgres feature perspective, do, are, are we approaching what the parity with what we've already got in the PXC and the Mongo operator? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, exactly. So uh, crunchy data operator, which we're basing our operator on, is quite feature rich and it is production ready. So all the features that they have, we can already use in our operator. And on top of that, we're adding something from us like PMM integration, some customizations that we used to have, but more or less the parity is there. And uh, we're gonna get closer to it and uh, make all our operators aligned. The, the biggest challenge it's, well, not the biggest, but one of the challenges that we have is uh, the UI. In, in operators world, UI is a YAML manifest, which you specify to run the database on Kubernetes. And uh, we have certain standards in Mongo operator and MySQL operator. And uh, the way how crunchy data operator was structured is not how we envision it and we need to change it. This is the number one challenge for us because if we don't do this now, then later on, this would be the breaking changes for our users and customers. And we don't want to do that. And so we're doing all this cosmetic changes in UI at the early stages. Okay. Okay. And <clears throat> when we talk about like, you know, uh, the, the, the crunchy data, uh, operator, what are, what, what features have we already added? Like what, what are the gaps that we're trying to fill there? Number one gap that, uh, was in crunchy data. And, uh, we had some users who complained about that is that the container images that crunchy data uses in their operator, they are not free. They have their own development license, and this uh -huh. development license allows you to run it only in non-production environment. If you want to run on production, you need to purchase something from Crunchy, like support subscription, and then you uh, th then you can run it. And this is number one change. We're open source company, uh, and we changed it right away. We added our recorded distribution for Postgres container images there instead, right? Uh, another thing is um, the container images that Crunchy was using, they were based on uh, some, I, I believe on CentOS version, which is kind of dying now. And we're uh, basing all our images on UBI, Red Hat uh, Universal Base Image. And this also allows you to run uh, 
the operator on OpenShift, which is important oh, okay. for enterprise customers. Okay. So OpenShift right? support as well. Yes. Also, we are adding Percona uh, monitoring and management. And uh, also, the, the, the interesting part with Crunchy, um, when we first started using it, was uh, the part with end-to-end -end tests. And uh, we kind of saw it. Recently, Crunchy Data released 4.7.0 version. And when we started the mergers and started the tests, we saw that recovery process is not working, point-in-time recovery, and broke completely. And we thought, okay, what's going on? So what we're doing and what we already have for MySQL and Mongo, we have a feature reach, or I don't know how to say, a wide scope of end-to-end -end tests, which were automatically run for every pull request. And that is a lot of work for our quality assurance team, for our engineering team. And we want to make it make it right from the very beginning so that we have uh, we have certain standards of quality and we'll, we want to keep them at that level for all operators that we have. Okay. Now, you know, let's, let's go a little bit off of our specific operators for a second. Now, you mentioned, you know, <clears throat> one of the challenges with uh, uh, MySQL and Postgres is they were never designed for that kind of cloud-native architecture. Yeah. Um, so we've seen this kind of rise of the new SQL databases, whether it's Cockroach, Yugabyte, um, uh, TyDB, um, you know, so there are, quote-unquote, Postgres and MySQL compatible yes. new SQL options out there. Um, you know, they're not always compatible from a, you know, a hundred percent, which is typically one of the challenges that companies have moving to them because it's a very different mindset when you shift over. Um, I, where do you see those going? What, what's the growth of those new SQL versus some of the, you know, the operator things? So, you know, it's more of a, a thought question than it is a technical one, but I'm interested to hear your take on that. Well, first of all, I, I think all these projects, they appeared for some reason, right? Either the founder of this company was not happy with existing technology or some big customer told the founder, hey, I need this feature in MySQL or some other database. Uh, so they are solving some problem that someone else has, right? But I believe that uh, slowly, and I already saw it in some other MongoDB forks and some other databases or kind of all the other technologies that have huge traction from community, they're going to catch up on these features. Like if Postgres, it has enormous community. And if someone is interested to deliver the same feature that Yogabyte has, for example, they will do it. And it's easier for companies to move to Postgres than use Yogabyte because it's easier to find people who knows Postgres instead of finding people who work with Yogabyte, right? So I believe that more or less the big companies or big databases that are now at top five, they will slowly kill the, the ones that are appearing now because they appearing because they solve someone's problem, but it's not big of a problem and this can be solved in Postgres or the database. That's my my way of thinking. Uh, probably well, I mean, some... Is it though, like, I mean, this is an open discussion, so so just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as we talk here, I mean, but 
<clears throat> some of those those architectural decisions on like how MySQL was architected or how Postgres was architected, those are not easy changes Correct. to catch up with some of that you know distributed system. It, it's a completely different back end. And I mean, I think that's where, you know, there's some compelling work being done. Um, and, you know, contrast and compare. I don't know. I, I don't know. Can do you think that it is feasible for like the Postgres community to re-architect Postgres in a way that makes it a distributed database? I think it is. Um, okay. I think it's feasible. It, it, it is hard, but with Postgres, Postgres is not a good example. I think because Postgres, it's uh, super modular. They have a lot of packages, and you just plug yeah. in some new package and it just works. Uh, with MySQL, it's much harder, um, but it's still possible. And uh, I don't know if MySQL or, or Oracle is going to be doing that, if they're interested in that, or they have their share of customers already. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, and you see other projects that are coming up trying to solve the clustering and the distributed yeah, yeah. You know, systems as well. Uh, VTest, for instance, is a good example. Um, you, you know, you've got you know, quite a movement to try and solve this, this scalability issue. Um, so it's definitely an interesting space. Now, when we talk about scalability and availability, you know, one of the the, the critical things in a lot of these um, systems is the ability to, you know, run uh, geographically dispersed clusters or failover between, you know, multiple data centers. Now, I know on the roadmap for our operators is that capability. So, in other words, you know, you're running in a data center in the U.S. and the data center in the U.S. goes down and then all of a sudden automatically you fail over to a data center in Europe. Um, tell us about that feature and that functionality and when we can expect to see some of that. Yeah. OK. This is a good one. Uh, so the, the, I only ask good questions, Sergey. You should know that. <laughs> the, the, the goal for for us, for operators, is to run Procorna software on Kubernetes, Procorna distributions on Kubernetes, right? And um, our users, they can do a lot of stuff on VM, VMs, on bare metal servers with our databases. And when they go into operator space, they say, okay, how can I do it in the Kubernetes? How can I do it with operators? And a feature like replicating the data between different data centers is not there yet in our operators, and we're working on that. The idea is simple. Uh, you have two distant data centers, one in East Coast, one on West Coast, and you want to set up the replication between them so that you have disaster recovery in place and you can execute your disaster recovery protocol. And uh, to do that with operators, we need to ensure that we can configure it through the operator on both ends, on master or on main and uh, replica, right? That is what we want to do for our MySQL operator, for PXC and for Mongo. For Mongo, it's easier. For Mongo, it's just adding a node into the replica set, but uh, it's more complex uh, in on the code level, so in the operator. Uh, it's coming in the next release for PXC and in the next, next release for MongoDB. But okay. in, in reality, what excites me more in this feature is not the disaster recovery capabilities which enterprises want so badly. But for me, what is more important is that it allows the users 
to migrate from the uh, bare metal databases where they run in their data centers to Kubernetes seamlessly. They can just set up the replication and the data just flows into the database on Kubernetes. And it's awesome because there is a, a lot of pushback from DBAs, from SREs to run the data on Kubernetes because they say, okay, it's, it does not provide the same performance levels, does not have the same isolation. I don't like it, but we can make it work, right? And uh, the, that is why this feature of this uh, disaster recovery or multi-cluster database deployment with operators, it allows you to seamlessly migrate to Kubernetes. And then you can try it out. You can point some applications to read from the database on Kubernetes, and you will see that its performance, it's great. Everything is awesome. So that is why I'm excited about it more than disaster recovery. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it is a problem that many people are trying to solve. And so I think it helps, uh, especially the enterprises who are looking to have that portability. It's almost like the failover between availability zones that you get in most cloud providers, right? Right, um, yeah. I mean, I think that's 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 really the, the key critical thing. No, uh, between the availability zones, it kind of already works. But between the regions, uh, this is what is missing right now. Ah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the... The regions versus availability zones. Yeah, exactly. And so, Sergey, I know you were at Percona Live and you did do a couple of these talks. So you had a couple of talks where you talked extensively about our operators and, you know, kind of the benefits and, you know, for each of the ones that we have available. Yeah. Um, those are all available online now. So if anybody is interested to learn uh, more about those operators, you can head over to YouTube or Percona Live or Percona's website and we have links to those. Um, so you can hear, uh, Sergey, go in depth on either of the topics um, if if you are interested. Yeah, you can hear uh, talking me more. <laughs> what was that? You can hear talking me more. <laughs> yes, yes, we can hear all kinds of uh, you know more you know Sergeyisms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Sergey, I appreciate you sitting down with me for a few minutes today to chat with me about what's going on in the uh, operator space. Uh, appreciate your insights into both the Postgres operator and uh, the HA across regions. Um, both are very welcome news. Thank so you. Thank, uh, you, man. thank you very much. And we hope to chat with you in the future. If you invite, I'm always eager to join you. In your talk. Yes. <laughs> thank right. you, Matt. All thank right. You. Thanks, Sergey. Wow. What a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.